Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Longview Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording this Longview Podcast one last time. But before I get into why, let me tell you how you can follow the show and follow the blog. So the Longview Podcast is a podcast on the Grizzbeer Blues Podcast Network, alongside GBB Live, the 3ND Podcast, and the Starting 5 Podcast. So wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts, you will find the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network on it. So make sure you are liking, subscribing, downloading, writing reviews, giving five-star reviews, whole nine yards. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Once again, I'm your host, Parker Fleming, recording this long view podcast one last time. And there are two reasons. For one... Uh, In case you missed the announcement on Twitter and on the blog, I'm officially the new site manager taking over for Joe Molinax. And with that comes the responsibilities of taking over uh, GBB Live. So I'll be focusing on that. And I I just want to give a shout out to Joe. Uh, Thank you for everything you've done for the blog, everything you've done for the people that have written for it. Uh, As you've always said, uh, GBB is a stepping stone. Uh, for a lot of people, and we we've seen that evidence, and you you know that you're a big reason why because you you ran this blog with professionalism. You empower people to be who they wanted to be as content creators, and you've done so for me as well. And with that, I, I really thank you for that. And so yeah, I'm filling in for Joe now, doing the GBB Live podcast. So, and then there's one other thing too. I was going to end the Longview podcast after this season anyways. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I kind of immediately thought about that. Uh, I I did this podcast a while back and I think January with Drew Hill of the Daily Miffian. He goes, you know, what's going to happen to the Longview? Because like, they're already really good. Like what's going to happen to this podcast? I'm like, you know, that's a really good point. And the future is now like the Longview Yes, they got to maintain a long view uh, perspective about team building and making sure you're prolonging your championship window as long as possible. But let's be honest, the championship window is open right now and the Grizzlies are planning to operate as so. So I'm very excited to see that. And I think this season, 
and well, I'm not going to just unload everything in, in one last podcast. Uh, we have the player reviews on GBB for that. We have a lot of great work on GBB coming at ad nauseum about all the great stuff that happened this year. But they really took that step into becoming an elite team in the NBA. Uh, they finished 56 and 26, good for second in the league, second in the Western Conference. Uh, they took the Warriors to six games, and in games four through six, they didn't have all probably all NBA guard John Morant. And I, you know, it's just beginning for this team. The future is now. So, yeah, I want to thank everyone who always listened to this podcast and. Uh, gave their support for the people that came on this podcast. I extend my gratitude. So one, one, with one last episode, instead of just um, marveling at all the all the great stuff that we saw this year that's going to impact uh, this Grizzlies team both um, next season and beyond, I, I wanted to end with a mailbag. So there there was a couple questions that people had asked me. So, some people asked me multiple questions. So I had three people uh, send me um, questions. Shout out to Jared Smith and Vante and Stephen Haas. So let me get started with Jared. He asked me two questions. I'll get to the first one. So number one, how do you think Z Zaire Williams will benefit from playing on the ball in summer league, assuming they go the same way they did with Bain, and how can that benefit the team as a whole? I, I, it's very interesting because I, I want to wait for the summer league dynamic first and how the draft's going to shake out. I mean, for all we know, they could end up drafting a point guard like uh, Kennedy Chandler or Ty Ty Washington in this draft, and he they take more of the on-ball reps. But I, I do think that Zaire Williams will be a featured option, and his development as an offensive player will be a primary priority in summer league. And just... With, with that, it's just confidence. Um, I, I think he has the tools to be a very good three-level scorer. Uh, he's still got to build some strength to get some finishing at the rim, though he offsets that with his uh, vertical lob threat, uh, crashing from uh, the weak side corner while the defense is focusing on the ball, uh, flying in transition and finishing plays and alley-oops. Um but he does still need to make, get some strength to uh, finish in the half court in the midst of contact. So I think that would help him there. Obviously, um, I, I don't know how much of creation off the dribble he'd be doing from three, but that's certainly probably going to be um, something to watch for in Summer League. I know that was something Bain did a lot was creating out of the pick and roll to either get shots from three or the mid-range. And I, I think the, the mid-range is one of the biggest things for that. Uh, per cleaning the glass on long mid-range jumpers, so shots from uh, 15 feet out to the three-point line. He was 20 of 33, which was good for 61%. So he already has some promise there, even a smaller sample size. But he already has this good foundation for being a good live dribble scorer. Uh, I mean, obviously, he has the size. He's a 6'9", 6'10", wing. Um, if he has his afro, he's 7'2". So that's pr- that's a, that was a pretty good uh, finding there from uh, the end of the season uh, media availability. And he also has, obviously, his good shot mechanics. And everybody's going to point to the release, but how high he keeps the ball is definitely something um, that benefits him as a live dribble scorer. But also, he has good elevation on his jumper. So when you factor in all that, 
at 6'9", 6'10", it's a difficult shot to block. And so as he, I think the goal for Summer League is to get him comfortable with those reps because there's nobody really at that size for the Grizzlies with that kind of tools in his package. I, I think Dylan Brooks has it in his package, but he uses more uh, physicality than anything, and I still think that's that's an asset for this team. But having more and more wings that can create off the dribble would be nice because, I mean, Zaire, he has a really good foundation and he's on a trajectory to be a 3 and D player. And I think this summer league, it's going to be beneficial to make him more of a 3 and D plus kind of guy. A guy that's going to hit catch and shoot threes, uh, defend multiple positions as he's shown through defensive assignments like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. So uh, I really think that this summer league experience will be beneficial for his development but also for his over or for the team as a whole I mean I don't know what's going to happen next year in terms of him starting or not but he he's a he's a good fit in that starting lineup because alongside he doesn't need a ton of shots to be effective I mean he's not going to be this wing that's demanding you know 12 to 15 field goal attempts per game but with his ability to slash in the half court to uh, catch lobs and then also to hit catch and shoot threes off um, driving kicks that's going to be beneficial for his fit as a starter but I mean if he's going to be coming off the bench you're going to want to have him have a little bit more uh, creation juice I mean we've seen for the 30 something games that John Moran was out they didn't roll with a traditional point guard to back to back up Tyus Jones so the many as many perimeter guys you can have creating the better and I, I think that's going to be a focal point for Zaire Williams. But, you know, he's confident. The coaching staff's confident in him. His teammates are confident in him. I think the sky's the limit for Zaire Williams. And I, I think this summer league will be a very good uh, stepping stone into uh, realizing that potential. I will say, is he going to take this borderline all-star leap that Baines, that Bain just took? Probably not. I think Bain being uh, 23 years old and, um, a little more physically mature I mean that kind of bode well for him and he was already you know he was already like a 43% three-point shooter so there was already uh, kind of a foundation set for Bane to take a pretty big leap even though I no one could have foreseen him taking a leap as big as he did but I do think that Zaire Williams's leap won't come with like the I think it will come a little bit with the raw numbers I mean he might average double digit points might up his rebounding and steals a little bit, but I think it's really going to come with his shot efficiency. Um, if he can get closer to that 35 to 38% from three, just that, that'd be great for this team. Uh, that'd be great to just add another stepping stone into uh, fulfilling that upside as a um, 3 and D wing with the capabilities to do a little bit of juice off the ball. Or on the ball, excuse me. But uh, he also had one other question uh, with the picks this summer and the different ways the front office can use him by moving up or trading. Um, I think moving up would be pretty sick. Um, I, I wouldn't rule it out because, I mean, the Grizzlies have done it for the past three drafts. I mean, Brandon Clark, uh, Desmond Bain wasn't a trade-up. It was more of a trade-in, but they traded up for Xavier Tillman. Uh in that second round using the 40th pick and an extra second round pick. 
uh, to jump up to the 35th pick to go get Tillman. And then they also did it last year with Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama. So, I mean, trading up is in this front office's MO. If they want to go get their guys, they'll go get their guys. Uh, they can use both of those picks for that. And I think with that, too, that might be a little bit beneficial because I don't know if this team could bring in um, two first-round picks, taking up two of the 15 roster spots for the main roster, especially as a team operating as a contender. But, I mean, parlaying that and maybe some salary to where you take back some as well, uh, where you can move up into the mid-teens, that would be – That'd be a big get because you're entering a whole new territory of players that they can go after. Um, Terry Easton at LSU, uh, Jeremy Sohan from Baylor, uh, Dyson Daniels from the G League Ignite. And obviously the boards are going to shake out how they shake out after the combine. I mean, you're already seeing a little bit of buzz here about guys like Terquavion Smith from uh, NC State or Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. So they, they could do that. They could also just... You know, add one of those picks and some salary or no salary. They could just do a pick for a veteran player to add to complement this uh, young core. Uh, who that looks like, I'm not sure. I mean, we're still in the playoffs. The combine's going on. I, I think you'll see the, I think you'll see more trade stuff start to shake out from a rumors and intel standpoint after the combine because that's where, you know, a lot of these reporters get a lot of their intel just because you'll have gms talking you have scouts talking stuff like that so i think you'll see more in the next couple of weeks but i mean i don't see them i mean i can see them making two first round picks but i also don't see i i don't see any sort of way they don't make a trade um i i've seen people throw out the idea of trading both picks to go get somebody but i haven't seen anybody enter the trade market that would be worth giving up two picks and also, this is a small market team, and they know that they've got to build through the draft because Memphis isn't a primary free agency destination quite yet, though. Shout out to uh, uh, Sarat Sohi from the uh, the Ringer, who got some intel from an agent that Memphis is, you know, building some more, um, building some more value as a uh, free agent destination. So maybe it happens, but you know they're gonna. S- they're going to stick with their MO of the draft. and But I do think they'll see some sort of movement on the draft, whether it's a trade-up. Uh, I don't see them trading down at all, but they'll trade up or they will trade picks entirely and go get a veteran to kind of bolster the bench, maybe bolster the starting lineup. But, yeah, expect movement. I just don't know what yet because I need to see who's available and who I would like to trade for. So thank you, Jared, for those. Uh, next, another Zaire kind of question from Vante. Do you think that much like Grayson and JV were moved to allow the growth of Jaron and Bain, that Dylan would be moved to allow growth for Zaire and whoever we draft? I mean, I can see it, but I mean, this, this team is supposed to be operating as a contender. I mean, that... Dylan Brooks is a good guy to have on your team. Quite frankly, there's so many different routes that can go with Dylan Brooks. I mean, they could uh, trade him to use as a guy to help them trade up into, you know, the the low teens. Uh, by low teens, I mean like like 13, 14, 15, or even hell, if they can get to like the top 12, that that's something to monitor. Um, they could use his salary to go get a legitimate 
uh, starting caliber player, starting caliber upgrade, whether that's from the center position or the small forward position. Or they could extend him. They can let a, his contract go to the deadline. I don't know. There are so many different possibilities with Dylan Brooks, but I wouldn't sell him just yet because he. I know people are going to point to the games, games four and games five about his shot selection, but I mean, D- Dylan Brooks, as Joe Molinax wrote, one of the final pieces he wrote before um, he retired from the site, is Dylan Brooks has been dealt this hand that he's been probably given more than he's probably needing because his rookie year, Mike Conley is out for all but like 12 games, and they're a 60-loss team. They shut down Mark Gasol in the last two months of the season. Somebody needed to take those shots, and Dylan Brooks had it for the taking. Um, his uh, third year, because he didn't really play his sophomore year because of an injury, uh, Jaw was a rookie, and Jaron was a second-year guy. Dylan Brooks stepped up and per- and provided um, some secondary scoring. And let's be honest, without that stretch in you know December, Jan, and January, the Grizzlies probably don't take off like they do and kind of surprise people in year one of a rebuild. I mean, that first year of the rebuild really set a tone for how the Grizzlies were going to perform and operate from then into now. And Dylan Brooks plays a big part in that. He's 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 also a player that doesn't grow on trees. I don't think anybody understands that. Guys like Dylan Brooks don't grow on trees. He's a physical 6-7 wing who could defend multiple positions. He can create his own shot. He's capable of getting hot for a 25 to 30 point night. And he's also proven himself to be one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And I mean, I know people are going to roll their eyes and such, but I mean, it's it's facts. And he's also been a very strong fit next to John Morant and Jaron Jackson. I mean, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now. In this regular season, in 333 possessions, the Grizzlies outscored their opponents by 24.4 points per 100 possessions with John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson in the lineup. And they also give up. They also gave up 94.6 points per 100 possessions, which would be by far the best defense in the NBA. Their starting lineup only had a defensive net rating uh, or defensive rating of 95.2. So when you have a guy like that who can step in and provide that kind of value on both sides of the ball, you don't just give them up just to give them up especially when you're trying to operate as a contender. And his impact is reflected by his on-off numbers as well. The Grizzlies are eight points per 100 possessions better with Dylan Brooks on the floor. Uh, That leads the team. And I know people, you know, it's 30 games, whatever. Even in the the postseason, he provided that kind of value. Um, He was, the Grizzlies were 5.3 points better per 100 possessions with him on the floor in the postseason. And they gave up. 8.2 8.2 fewer points defensively with him on the floor as well. So, and I, I think you're you're also in this game of you need to have that perimeter stopper to guard some of these big Western Conference scoring guards. Your Luka Doncic's, your Brandon Ingram, Devin Booker, 
Anthony Edwards. You need those guys, and Dylan Brooks has proven himself to be that guy. If you need to make an upgrade down the road, like next trade deadline, go right ahead. Like, I totally understand that, especially with his impending free agency. I don't know what the market's going to be for him. But do we just, you know, let him, not only let him be health, healthy, like, could, could we just let him be in the role that he projected to be in as a quasi cornerstone kind of piece, kind of trending between cornerstone and complimentary guy between Jaw, Jaron, and Bain? Because, and I, I've totally got off a, on a tangent and didn't even get back to my point. And his fourth year, Jaron Jackson was not an, or he missed all but 11 games. And when he was back, he wasn't, he wasn't what he was his sophomore year. It wasn't even what he is now. So he had to step, step his game up and take on more scoring opportunity. He had to do the same in the bubble when Jaron Jackson got hurt. And that, that was the product of his postseason performance, though it was kind of putrid. Like he, he took it upon himself to uh, take on a big offensive responsibility with John Morant out of the game. And, you know, it was a live by Dylan Brooks, die by Dylan Brooks kind of thing. But he's also extremely important to uh, the team's the team's energy, the team's defensive edge. Um, if the Grizzlies, you know, if they were a playing team that got knocked out in the first round, I would probably say go right ahead. But if you're going to operate as a contender, you got to keep good, good, good basketball players and not just sell on them I mean again let the trade market kind of settle out personally I wouldn't be surprised if they extend him because of what he is to the team's culture but to also give him a bigger salary number that will bode well for trades for guys that can step in as your potential starting wing you know your guys that make you know between 20 and 25 million dollars so I mean good question it's gonna be a popular question around the offseason but uh, I'm just not going to trade Dylan Brooks just to trade him, even if, if it's for the growth of Zaire Williams or in whoever we draft. In fact, I mean, if you can sell him on it, Dylan would be the perfect six man because he could take the shots. He could provide that scoring creation off the bench, and he can kind of just be an agent of chaos off the bench. So that's kind of where I stand. Great question, but I, I'm, I'm still not ready to just sell off on Dylan Brooks yet. Preparing myself for it, yeah. I mean, this is probably the most tradable he's been since he's been in Memphis, but not ready just yet. All right, two more questions, both from Steven Haas. Uh, if the Grizzlies don't make a consolidation trade the next two years and strictly build from within draft free agency, what is their ceiling? I mean, I still think they could be a finals team, um, even if a consolidation trade doesn't happen. Um, obviously, you, you have your guy in John Morant, and I – I kind of stand by the fact that if John Morant never got hurt, I think they would probably be the favorites to come out of the Western Conference, um, especially with how they're how he was playing in that Warriors series and how, you know, how how they all played when you know you had all of them together. I think if you had Jaw, Bain, Brooks, Jackson, and Adams all on the floor at the same time in the Warriors series, I think it would shake out a lot different. And also, too, uh, one thing that's not really mentioned in that is strictly building from within and all that is just the internal um, internal improvement. Um, I mean, with Jaron Jackson Jr., he took a massive leap defensively. Massive. Like, he, he should have been in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. 
Um, I don't know why he wasn't a finalist, but you know, here here we are. But with with that leap, though, there's still room for him to grow offensively. His his uh three point shot fell from his sophomore year. It dipped from 39% in the sophomore year to 31% this year. I mean, even if he can get that up to like 36%, you're talking about an entirely different offensive ceiling. And if he plays like he did in that Warrior series, you're talking about a legitimate 1B guy next to John Morant. I mean, he could be an All-NBA big if he keeps that up. And there's also Desmond Bain, who said he wants to take another leap. And he mentioned that even upping his three-point volume even higher is something he's going to be considering. And I think if he stays in the realm of his efficiency ballpark, you know, around that 40% uh, three-point clip while firing eight to nine threes a game, you're talking about a guy at the shooting guard position who's averaging 20 points per game every night. Like, that that's a big boost right there. I mean, this also doesn't account for uh, Zaire Williams, who could take a leap at as a defender and as an efficient shooter and scorer. Um with the draft, I mean, how can you not trust this front office with the guys they've brought in? John Morant's a layup. I mean, he was the second pick. He was a bonafide second pick. That's a layup. But Brandon Clark, um, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, uh, Zaire Williams, like how, how can you not trust him at this point? Um, obviously, you know, the verdict's out on Santi Aldama, and he, he's going to be an interesting guy to watch for in summer league and potentially next season. But, I mean, with with the way that this front office operates and the player development is had and the system in place, like, this team could be a finals team even if a consolidation trade doesn't happen. And I think a consolidation trade, it's not uh, the fact of the Grizzlies just not making it. It may just be players just aren't available. I don't there's nobody right now who's kind of emerged as a potential trade candidate because no nobody's asked out. I mean, players aren't or teams just aren't going to trade their all-star players just to trade their all-star players. That, that's that's foolish. Um, unless it's just like an inevitable like okay, we're at the end here. Kind of like how the Grizzlies do with Mark Gasol, and Mike Conley. They just kind of it's like okay, this is done. Like we've tapped out. Let's start over. But there's no situations like that right now that fit best uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies to go after. So um, I'm if there's no consolidation trade, I still think their stealing remains at finals. And okay. Um, and if they go that route um, of consolidation trade, I guess, which players most likely to leave in free agency? Dylan Brooks, D'Anthony Melton, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams. I want to go ahead and just say De'Anthony Melton, of those four, it's most likely to leave. I think he's become more of a luxury at this point um, with how he hasn't really you know, shown that he can be a, a backup point guard kind of guy. Um, I, I think it'd be best to kind of um, up, upgrade him into a, um, a bigger option on the wing, um, somebody who's you know more of a you know, legitimate wing size rather than a guard size. And that's not to say that DeAnthony Melton's not a good basketball player. He is. Like, he's really grown as a microwave scorer with his three-point shooting. He's elite at generating steals, deflections, grabbing rebounds, getting out in transition. Like, he's an awesome player to have in the regular season. But, I mean, if I – it's – he's getting close to kind of, like, tapping out a ceiling in Memphis – 
Um, just, just especially with Desmond Payne kind of solidifying himself as the starting shooting guard. Um, unless Melton takes another leap as a ball handler, I don't, I don't see anything for him beyond the role that he's in right now. So I, I think out of those four, he's the most likely to to leave, whether it's free agency or in a trade. So, yeah, uh, thank you everyone uh, for tuning in one last time for the Longview podcast, and also I really want to thank you all for. All the support and kind words about uh, my promotion to site manager. Uh, like I said, I don't I don't really know what a uh, you know the Parker Fleming Grizzly Bear Blues looks like, but you know we're gonna have fun, and we're we're gonna keep trying to provide the uh, the best Grizzlies content on any free platform that y'all can get. Um, I'm very proud of you know the staff that we have with us. I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come, especially, you know, covering a team as, as young and as good as the Memphis Grizzlies. So just buckle up. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Follow the blog on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. And make sure you check out all of our work at grizzlybearblues.com. Check out the podcast network. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. For every single episode of GBB Live, the Three and D Podcast, Starting Five Podcast, and then all the old uh, ar- the archives from the Longview Podcast, so make sure you check everything out. Give a five star review, write a, write a review, even. Um, I would really appreciate that. I know our staff would really appreciate it too. But you know what? That's all. It's uh, it's GBB Next Gen. You hear me?